Beirut, I cannot find words to encompass the level of pain inside of my people. The catastrophic explosion that shook the heart of Lebanon left a great toll on each Lebanese heart. Our psyche is shook, traumatized, and far from normal. On August 4th, 2020, Time made an ominous sharp stop at 6.07 p.m. One of the very few landmarks that has stood the test of time since the Phoenician days is the port of Beirut. It has been one of the most prominent international trade and transit hub, which resulted in the rise of many road networks, banks, trade and exchange centers around it. The heart of the city grew around it. On August 4th, and at around 6.07 p.m., a deadly explosion shook the whole of Lebanon, leaving its citizens in a state of complete shock. Beirut's blast did not only leave people in pain, but it also lit a flame of rage inside its people. You know, this explosion was preceded by a series of implosions that were taking place in the country. Ones without smoke, but ones that were slowly killing its people and suffocating their hopes and dreams, like sectarianism, corruption, and a pandemic coupled by a catastrophic economic crisis, which resulted in a substantial increase in poverty level and unemployment level. 2,700 tons of explosive materials detonated in the port, leaving behind it more than 200 fatalities and missing people. Around 5,000 injuries and almost half of Beirut destroyed. Not to mention that around 300,000 people were left homeless. Those are no mere numbers. Those are faces we knew and places we grew accustomed to calling home. That is our city. 2,700 tons of explosive materials were planted by the performance of every corrupt Lebanese official that has ruled us for the past 30 years, way before they dock on our port where they were left dormant for over six years. Now, this trip down the past horrific year that Lebanon has been witnessing is painful, but it is also a reminder of how resilient we, the people, have been. And the explosion has only solidified my belief in our resilience. We were enraged. We are enraged, but we redirected that rage. We got used to taking care of ourselves. We've grown used to taking care of one another. Our people, at least most of them, broke from the shackles of sectarianism and utter despair for one cause, that of humanity. My rage is only calmed by the sense of hope 
that dawned on me when reflecting on my walk along the leveled streets of Beirut. Ironic, no? See, we might be enraged by the negligence and apathy of our politicians, but at the end of the day, we, the Lebanese, are famous and infamous for our love of life. Not to romanticize our misery, but in the lack of proper governance that takes its people into consideration, we have grown used to picking ourselves up and taking care of one another. That is because they feign their care. So, we have no choice but to display it in every means possible towards one another. Yes, it hurts. Lives. It hurts to see all the hospitals overflow with the injured and the doctors operate using flashlights and in parking lots due to the lack of electricity, of course. It hurts to have all the memories fall apart with the numerous small local businesses that were destroyed. It hurts to see Beirut in rubbles and ashes. And what hurts even more is not being able to see a light at the end of the tunnel. But what gives me solace in such times is a video of a parent rushing to their kid's aid or that of a nurse rushing out of a demolished ward in a hospital with three newborns only to deliver them to their house safely. Or that heartwarming domestic houseworker who protects her employer's kid as her own and many more. What gives me solace in, the, in these terrible times is that feeling of hope and solidarity I felt as I walked the streets of Beirut in the aftermath of the blast. I was going there to lend a hand to those in need and I witnessed the streets. They were overflowing with people, rushing to aid anyone they can. People of all walks of life, elders, adults, teens, and kids, Lebanese, and migrant workers all alike, all hand in hand to rebuild Beirut, all hand in hand to feed, shelter, and chief Beirut's people, all hand in hand to clean it and erase any semblance of destruction left, all hand in hand to stitch it up. I mean, I took a stroll down to a Red Cross tent to donate blood, only to find a line of over 30 people waiting to donate. Some hospitals have had their blood donation requests all answered by the second day. I saw people organizing and gathering volunteers to rebuild a couple of schools that were heavily affected by the explosion. People answered any call for help they got, be it from hospitals, churches, houses, local businesses or NGOs. Numerous groups of strangers united to form WhatsApp groups in order to continuously answer any call for help and countless small businesses devoted all their time and resources to restore all buildings affected for a minimal fee or even for free. People hosted families they've never met, people went door to door offering help and calls for help were and are still being answered instantly. Therefore, 
What gives me solace and hope are my people, my generation, and more so the ones to come. The new generation has been traumatized. Yes, that is true. But they have also been taught early on to lend a helping hand when needed, to have compassion and empathy, to have a say in what Lebanon they would like to build. While it still hurts, while we still cannot hear any door close or car backfire or any loud noise for that matter without reliving that moment, while we cannot see a cloud of smoke rise without our hearts skipping a beat, and we all know we see those often in Lebanon, while many of us have sleepless nights and while thousands of people lay in hospital beds fighting to regain their health, and while others were killed, we cannot give up. For them, for us, and for the future generations. And as cliche as it might sound, Beirut will rise like the phoenix that it has been profusely compared to. But for it to do so, we need to rebuild it together. One block at a time. One of India's most prominent and loved leaders, Dr. Abdel Kalam, once said, If a country is to be corruption-free, there are three key societal members who can make a difference. They are the father, the mother, and the teacher. So, let's raise the future generation on notions of hope that will dispel the corruption out of our Lebanon. كأنها وجه بحار